Welcome to Full Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill. And uh, tonight I've got a couple of new friends. And a good old Kayla's here uh, to help me talk to these two fantastic people. How are you doing, Kayla? I am pretty good. Excellent. And since the camera's on you already, or well, it'll switch back to me. uh, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, well, I'm uh, currently uh, nice riding on a nice caffeine buzz, so we're we're gonna click along. <laughs> um, and then we got Mike. Hello, Mike. How's it going, everybody? It's going pretty well, smoothly as it, so far. And uh, as with the exercise we've been doing at the beginning of most of these podcasts, hey, Mike, have you been playing anything uh, lately besides about the subject of this podcast? Have you? Have you? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm running a weekly Call of Cthulhu game with a group I've been running Call of Cthulhu games with for like three or four years. We're running uh, the Two-Headed Serpent campaign, which is a lot of fun. Very Indiana Jones uh, pulp, but also there's snake people, which is pretty fun. Uh, And I just ran, or I'm in the middle of running, uh, the Black Arm of Brandonsford with the Cairn system. It's uh, kind of like a cool, uh, cool, like, rules light thing that uh, Yochai Gal uh, put together. Very nice. Very cool. And uh, yeah, so the, the the Call of Cthulhu, I'm assuming, would be the 1920s setting? It's 30s, but yeah, basically. Effectively. It's okay. right in the middle of the Dust Bowl. We just left Oklahoma. Oh, nice. So yeah, very, very, uh, you can, I can just see the images right now. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Leanne, yeah. have you been playing anything uh, on the outside world? Um, sadly, not lately due to my, uh, I'm actually back in school now, so, uh, but I have been enjoying a lot of cooperative games, like short cooperative games. Uh, so it's, um, what is it? Five minute dungeon with some of, some of, uh, my friends. And then I, um, oh, and introduction to, you know, a light D and D with boards of water deep. So those okay. are always my two favorite. Yeah, f- five minute dungeon is kind of one of our favorite filler games. We played mm-hmm. a lot of that uh, at uh, our friend convention uh, between <laughs> between games to cool yeah. down and warm up again. Yeah, and uh, water, water deep is great. And Kayla, we had an adventure la- last night. <laughs> Yay, t- cyborg yeah we, we were playing cyborg together uh and uh i killed the entire party i mean did you kill us or did we kill ourselves i mean really it was all your choices but you know the dice laid where they went <laughs> as they say i was gonna say um i think that my character died just by being really bad at ziplining yeah, yeah. So they were trying to infiltrate uh, a, a death cult who worshipped nuclear destruction, uh, who had a uh, their hideout in a hollow, cin- an old hollow cinema, and they decided to zip line from a building across to the roof of this uh, their the temple hollow cinema, and uh, a couple uh, 
what a couple people uh missed uh and took some damage one of which was uh kayla's character val who uh basically tumbled off the edge of the building <laughs> and just kept going but also got to transfer into her wolf form <laughs> Yeah, I had this weird maw that opens up super wide and it's supposed to let you be able to like chomp down on people really um, effectively. <laughs> and the problem is it deals like a D8 damage when it like the transformation happens. And I had one hit point for my character. Um, yeah, so if that's... that ever triggered, I was going to die. Yeah, it, it's... um. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's, they don't necessarily balance out the, the, the system. So uh, you roll random hit points in Cyborg. And in this instance, I mean, a D8 would kill most uh, initial Cyborg characters outright. Like, it, there, you have to have a couple of levels before you could take a D8. So, and then after that, they went inside the cinema and were uh, 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 going to basically blame an attack on the uh, this cult by, to another gang that they were trying to distract from chasing this other dude. And they opened up fire. And uh, that beca because they weren't trying to kill that many people, they were just trying to rile them up. Uh, they then had a hail of return fire that killed two more characters. Um, and then the third, the, the fourth character decided to run away, clearly the right choice, but they decided to, uh, you know, they're going down by rope off the top of the building and they, uh, they let go of the rope, uh, oh. by a failed, uh, dexterity roll or, uh, uh, agility roll. And so they ended up on the pavement. So, but hey, we're going to, uh, my plan is, is to keep the world going with new characters because the, the generator that's on the website, we can have new characters within uh, uh, 30 seconds or so, uh, depending on how many times you want to click uh, through generation of the characters. So I love yeah, it. I that. Go ahead. I ran, I ran Merkborg uh, and we got the, the Scumburgther app like you're talking about and we certainly got through a lot of characters using that app yeah punk maker i think is what the uh uh, uh the, the one for cyborg is called and uh it's really it, it, it's a lot of fun and i also like the uh the npcs i randomly generated all worked really well for what i would i need basically started the session with a debt collection because everybody owed money to somebody because that's cyberpunk. And so we started, I started by collecting some debts from everybody because they all had money from the last mission. So can't have that. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, that, so that was our fun Saturday night, right? Kayla. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, but we're here uh, this afternoon to uh, talk about what uh, Mike and Leanne do, where you both run after-school uh, RPG clubs. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, that's correct. After school, during lunch, sometimes in the middle of school, all sorts of times. 
and and Leanne? Um, so I, well, I sponsor a uh, Dungeons and Dragons and uh, TTRPG club um, after school. Um, it happens to come every like multiple couple times a day, or not couple times a day, couple times a week. Um, but we're we're trying to get them on a better, better schedule. Um, but there's a, probably about fifty students in it. Wow. What what sizes what size is your club, Mike? Uh, we actually have like six different teachers that run it because we're at about the same thing. It's just so yes. popular. Like it kids is absolutely want to get involved in role playing games. They want to get involved in magic cards. I have one of our teachers does like Warhammer stuff. So like there's there's about six different teachers running something, and yeah, at least, at least fifty, maybe sixty kids all all told. And uh, so that's funny because. It reminds it reminded me, and I had sort of it kind of went to the detritus of, of the dust of my mind, is when I was in high school, we had a chess club, but what that chess club really was was Magic Club. So we played <laughs> Magic the Gathering at lunch and at chess club. So, so but back in the nineties, you definitely would not have gotten any headway saying we're going to play anything other than traditional games. So kind of what I want to hear from, uh, we'll start with Leanne first, kind of how it started. Um, and then go to Mike after that. But Well, um, it would probably have to start like years ago, uh, me joining Kayla's D&D um, D &D group. Um, we have a weekly D and D, um, game that we, or campaign that we've done. Uh, I joined in 2020, just before, uh, COVID and the lockdown. So we went from me having develop, developing an idea for a character and then switching to an online process which it was uh which was hard i think hard for me a little bit but i enjoyed it um and we're still on that same campaign so and i'm two characters in now so that is pretty awesome well i i, I that that's a great distraction tangent i've got i've got to ask kayla kayla is that the uh, game where you're a serial kill, serial killer yes okay i'm just making sure that <laughs> that does the party still not know that you're a still serial killer um, we, we I was gonna say, have you guys figured that out? Yeah. Uh, well, we know that you're just a little, a lot darker than you were before. Yeah, I'm not sure if they fully figured out that I'm a serial killer. Okay. They just know that I'm not as good as, as I used to be, yeah. or at least. So I used to be the moral compass of this party. Yeah. As a lawful evil character, because. <laughs> I was that lawful that they didn't know I was that evil. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was a little bit of a surprise for the whole group. So, um, so actually, the 
joining of D&D and going into teaching occurred around the same time. Um, I was a career switcher and decided to go into teaching. So there was a lot of adjustments for me. I, oh, you too? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying this is when you decided to become a teacher. Yeah. In the middle of is, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's when it seemed like a good well, idea. Well, <laughs> to be honest, it was 2019 before the pandemic. I left my job in February and then the pandemic hit in March. So not great timing, but you know, we all learned, we went from face-to-face -face school and face-to-face -face Dungeons and Dragons to online everything all the time. So, um, but needless to say, I've enjoyed the process. Although I'm very, um, I, I kind of, I always say the tease that I'm not a very creative person. Um, so this is definitely, or has been an adjustment for me to like, be imaginative, be creative. And I, as, as an, as a Gen X, um, I wish I had had that in my childhood early on, because there's so much communication and skills going on there. But anyways, so I'm teaching my class and every getting to know you and I share, Hey, I'm in dungeon. I'm a, I'm a big nerd. I really like Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a band geek. I like going to run fair and dressing up. And all these kids are just like, what's Dungeons and Dragons? And I'll be have a bunch of other people saying, you know, um, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Do you have a group that you're playing with? And I was like, well, that's what I would like to find out. Would you be willing to join? And then one of my students came up and she's like, I've got almost the whole drama department wanting to start <laughs> that's really what it is of course almost almost the whole drama department wanting to um start their own campaigns and would you be willing to sponsor and i was like absolutely absolutely and they put all and things are done a little differently the person who starts the club is actually the student and they have to get the draw in. They have to get all the members. They have to get the, the approval by the county and all that stuff. And I just sign a paper saying, yes, I'll be here. So, um, and it was, it was interesting. So the first day um, we had a bunch of students show up and there was probably about 50-ish kids or more in there. And I had teachers come in like, what is going on in here? <laughs> why are there so many kids? And why is Mrs. Jones standing on a chair trying to get everybody's attention? Um, but, you know, I, I wanted everybody to be heard. And um, we needed we needed to figure out who had played and who had, had not. So that's that's the beginning. <laughs> so 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 you admitted some weakness and the children took advantage of it. And now yeah. they're you're running. Okay. Oh, I'm like total <laughs> butter in their hands. Like I, anytime they ask me to do anything, I'll just, I'm a, a yeah. Well, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll I'll learn how to do this. Right. You'll you'll get there. You'll get. I'll get there. there. Uh, Mike, how about you? How did you how did you get started with uh, running one of these programs or situations? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was I've been running games for a young 
people since I was a young person. I started back in like uh, 96 or so with second edition, but, uh, and then ran it for kids at my summer camp and then ran it for kids at my old school. But this school, uh, I'm pretty lucky actually. I had uh, colleagues that had already gotten this program running uh, before I even showed up. So they were just like, hey, we've got a lot of kids that want to play D&D. I know you run games. Uh, would you be willing to you know, run a bunch of games? And so uh, that, yeah, I just kind of got tagged in by some of my uh, predecessors at, uh, at my current school. And now I'm running, uh, we have a community lunch program. So I'm running two games per week during lunch. I'm running an after school game on Friday. And there's also an activity day that they have. And I, that one, I actually had the privilege of running a session for 26 kids uh, wow. And I was the dungeon master. I just kind of put them into small groups. All right, you're all rogues. You're all paladins. And then I'd yell, all right, paladins, what are you doing right now? <laughs> and they would just uh, kind of go for it. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was lucky enough. I, I didn't have uh, the um, all the work to do that Leanne did getting all this club together. Uh, I just kind of walked right in. I, oh. I, I really didn't do it in any work they it was really left up to the students and i i should i should probably lead with like um i'm a high school teacher so the the command in doing all of this goes to the students and they have to generate everything in order to get this uh sponsorship so, that's a great way to do it yeah it's a really good way to do it yeah well that that's that's both of these are amazing stories uh i i pick into that very large game because i run a 16 person game effectively as the game master that was also mostly a disaster but (laughs) i'm sure yours was much smarter because having them divided off into like small groups of uh uh uh, their own class (laughs) be like well, so is the is the ro- all the rogues? Oh, you're all looting the paladin's stuff. Okay, all right. Well, moving on. <laughs> um, well, excellent. Uh, so, so you, I mean, it sounds like this is pretty accepted now because I, I would have even assumed even up till very recently that even schools were still being a bit, uh, uh fuddy duddy about you know dungeons and dragons still um but it's i'm glad that it's kind of maybe that just because the different generation of teachers or the Mm -hmm. you know being in pop culture and whatnot Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's definitely uh counties and states and various places that that's still a problem i'm up here in connecticut so there's not like you know it's a pretty pretty liberal left-leaning kind of not uh satanic panic kind of vibe at my school i mean i'm sure there's you know there, every school's got a couple of families that are you know feeling like repressing others is kind of their best way to get to heaven or whatever but um you know we're very a very open school for the most part in a lot of ways um so I, we're in northern virginia um and i would say that it we're probably in a community that's a little bit more left-leaning but there are a lot of conservative like pockets um and i think it i think the focus just really becomes on especially when it comes to these kids that they i mean these kids were protesting um trans issues in october when something was going on with our our um 
county that they didn't like. So it was just one of those things that they, of course, they're going to jump on something where all characters and all students are accepted and hurt, you know. Well, excellent. So, yeah. I do have kind of a follow-up question to that. So what, if anything, has been the parents' response to this? Like, have you guys gotten any pushback from it or mm -hmm. any, like, words of encouragement? Um, I haven't gotten any. Um, when I had mentioned it, actually, at Back to School Night, one of the parents was like, I'd like to play. <laughs> Where can I play as an adult? Because I feel like more and more, especially since the pandemic, these little these little group gatherings have become difficult for them. It's a way to like get a break. And so I'm definitely considering to see if parents would come in to like have a like a, a game night. So we'll see how that goes. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, Parent-teacher conference. All right, roll for initiative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's that's how that works anyways. But at least from what I hear from other teachers is that's kind of a dreaded situation of the parent-teacher conference. But oh, no, it's, it's a very powered by the apocalypse. Like, all right, there's one thing that your student is doing well. Tell me about what that one thing is. You know, there's a very open <laughs> right. narrative uh, focus. Now, um. Yeah, for the most part, it's been pretty positive. Again, like kids talking about how, uh, you know, my dad is so excited that I'm playing. He, you know, he gave me his set of dice and stuff like that. You know, uh, it's been very positive, very supportive group. Like not everybody knows what's going on. Like they're not sure what it is or what, you know, uh, but mostly almost entirely supportive, positive reaction for parents. Well, that's, that's amazing to hear. I, I love hearing that. Um, so what you, what is the kind of like structure of one of the and I know with children after school and structure is often a oxymoron but like what is the structure of one of these uh uh you know one of these sessions one of the is are are you you're not the only one running there's probably kids running too and and it's like lasts for so long and there's ongoing groups and stuff like that. So in um, our club, we actually, all the students run the, the campaigns. I'm merely just holding space and making sure that they're not going into areas that, or disrespecting one another or um, causing, you know, behavior that they wouldn't um, consider very positive to themselves. Um, so that's what I, I do since the, it is very much like we had, I don't know, probably about 10, 10 of the students come and say, I want to DM. And we're like, how much experience do you have? They're like, oh, I've got lots of experience. So we kind of broke it up into like, um, who wants to take on beginners? Um, kind of like intermediate and advanced groups. And they just kind of divided it we're going to meet on Mondays, we're going to meet on whatever days. And then when they can't find a space, they come to me. So, um, so they're constantly running the games on the days that they can all meet as a group. They created their own discord, um, for them to like communicate. Um, and it's, it's, it's really kind of created itself. Honestly, I'm just there to make sure it's, available for them well that's uh that's great because i mean 
I feel like when I was a kid that that we would not have been that organized, but I feel like the tools existed exist now to for that to happen. Yeah. Like I, I don't think we would have been that organized at all. No, <laughs> no and the, the the most amazing thing is, is it's not just it's not just game related. It's like, hey, we're going to have a theme day and that theme day is going to we're going to cook all these things from a Dungeons and Dragons cookbook and we're going to have the you know, we're going to go to the the um, the newest play at school. And honestly, the, the play that had just we had just done in the fall was um, She Kills Monsters. So that kind of really brought in the hype. Like we just did this play and now we're going to actually do the thing. That's pretty amazing. So um, I can't I would have to say that the timing of all of this is just like kismet. Wow, that's that's beautiful, Mike. What what's what's kind of the structure of uh, your your particular uh, club? Yeah, like I said, we're lucky to have a bunch of teachers that are like into various things. So usually, uh, some kids will go and play magic in one room. Some kids will go play uh, Warhammer in another room, and then some kids will run their own campaigns, like uh, like Leanna was talking about. For me, it's mostly I'm running a campaign for like groups of like six or seven kids. Um, during lunch, we, we only have about 25 minutes. So I do what we call TikTok D&D, where like we just get into it. Uh, maybe one of my groups is going through a, a mega dungeon. We're using, uh, I'm calling it uh, a heck, uh, heck stone prison or stone, stone heck prison, because I'm using the stone hell prison uh, module, that like giant mega dungeon. And, you know, they just go through, they hit a couple rooms and they move on. They go in another room, they make friends with all the kobolds and start giving them all their gold. These kids are crazy. They do all sorts of really cool things. Um, and then the other, uh, another group is after school and we'll play for a couple hours after school uh, on a Friday or something like that. Uh, what, okay. Just, I want to hear about TikTok, uh, TikTok dungeons. Like what is it? How does that work? Was we've got, so we're lucky enough to have a full hour for lunch and what the kids are supposed to do is like half of the lunch, they go and eat and the other hour they go be part of a club or go do something, uh, you know, uh, productive, get involved. And that was kind of an idea that the school had to get more kids involved with the school because so often if you don't have a ride or you know can't get home after school, that whole club world kind of passes you by. So to get more engagement, we started this community lunch thing, which has been really wonderful. But as you guys imagine, like you know, 25 minutes for a D&D session isn't a heck of a lot, but um, you know, we just jump right into it. I have the kids take uh, notes on what they did and then, you know, we, we jump right in and go and, you know, they get through a couple of rooms, have a couple encounters or, you know, do something uh, memorable and usually end on a cliffhanger. And it's a lot of fun. So is it like, do you have like, um, I, always, I sort of imagined having a chess clock on the, uh, <laughs> on the table, like, all right, and I'm going to do, I'm going to attack. And that's my turn. And <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's not quite that aggressive no, not really not really i mean i've gotten really good at running a tight game i got really during the pandemic i started running games for my friends online and we'd like usually try to keep it to two hours because ever you know after you've been staring at a computer all day nobody wants to you know spend their free time staring at a computer all night but we also want to see each other so i got really good at like running a call of cthulhu adventure in two hours just like boom hit it you know hit the uh the, you know these sort of like moments make sure that people get a ch everybody gets a chance to shine everybody says something 
everybody's involved in some way. And then, you know, when it's over, it's over. And, you know, for these kids, the bell rings, they got to get to their last block. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely the, uh, you know, all right, and you crash through another door and, you know, there's there's the kind of moving on. But yeah, two hours ends up being, you know, kind of, I think, where a lot of people have kind of ended up um, after it was starting to happen. I feel like the whole 2020 kind of like sped it up, but it was starting to happen where a lot of sessions at conventions and stuff were starting to end up at two hours. So I feel like that, but especially when you're online, it's, it can be very draining. And uh, so, but I, uh, that's, that's amazing. All right. Roll for initiative. Like <laughs> you could just start the whole thing just with the, the meme of roll for initiative. Okay. <laughs> And just get into combat for 20 minutes and have a couple turns. And I mean, I'm just impressed with the 20 minutes. I had some kids go come in one day. And the, usually what I try to do is have them like, hey, let me know when you need the room. So I'm here. Because um, I usually set a day aside for Dungeons and Dragons. And then I'm sponsored to two other clubs. And they'll just show up. They're like, but we, but we, but we need to play. And I'm like, okay. And that they had one day, it was like, I think just before winter break, um, it was a Friday and they're like, um, the library said that we can't play in there cause the school's closed. So can you just spare us until four thirty? And I'm like, yeah, I can absolutely do that because you know, you want to encourage this engagement between them and make space for it. And I think um, them knowing that I'll make try to make it happen or facilitate it, make it happen, making it happen is, is just, you know, um, helpful to them. And they can see that they've got somebody um, rooting for them, whoever they are. Yeah, whoever they <laughs> I are. I think it's super cool that you got that you have so many kids that are so engaged and so actively looking for this that they're like hey we don't have this scheduled but let me go to miss leanne and yeah. see if she'll like yeah. sit with us i actually um one day I, I had actually scheduled off and i put it in the the system the club system uh, the room is not going to be available so you better make bet um uh make arrangements and they came to the room, so I wasn't there, and then went to one of my coworkers in the department, who the it was uh, the one of the game masters' um, moms, and she's like, "Oh yeah, they came to my room, and it was amazing." She thought she was like, "I thought I was gonna have to just grade quietly, and I got to hear all this, you know, role playing, and it was just it was pretty awesome." So yeah, so it does definitely take a team of of teachers, not just one. Um, so I have a, you know, some really great coworkers out there that are helping and make it happen. What level of understanding do you feel like the teachers need to have in order to be like sponsoring or running this game? Um, well, I think the biggest thing, um, for me, I think honestly, since because it's something that you and I have talked about is just knowing that everybody is a way for everybody to kind of branch out into a space that they feel comfortable in. 
and they're not always getting that. They're not either. They're not getting that at home, or they're not. They're not getting it in their classroom, and it gives them the space to do that. So my the first thing that I told them was, hey, this, and I pointed to my um, pointed my set and I said, everyone is accepted here. Um, I do not want to. I do not want to be in a situation where. I'm hearing there's disrespect regardless of what who the character is, what gender the character is, how they identify, if they're purple or green. I don't, that is not something we're here to do. Everybody's going to be heard. Um, and if you run into a situation that you're uncomfortable with, I was like, we're going to use the X card. And uh, that is absolutely um, something that I told all the Game masters. I told the head of the the club, the student, the student um, director of the club, I guess. And um, but most of the parent, I'm sorry, most of the teachers know, like they they know. I've had a lot of interaction with them and what it is that they're, you know, what I think that the students should be. Well, not what I, but they know that we have a um, like a citizenship um, mission within the school and that carries over into all after school activities so that's their so, guideline so are you um, you said the X card is there any other base uh, requirements that you're you're putting upon everybody that's in the club like is it I mean obviously there's like a I mean, community rules or whatever, right? But, uh, there, there are, but you know, I spent probably a good forty-five minutes listening to one student pay, uh, or, or actually, it was a campaign of students um, play Smash or Pass through the handbook <laughs> of, of like which character that they would. Yeah, it was excruciating, but it was like uh, I was like, ball. okay, they're like. Uh, <laughs> eighth ninth graders I'm, I'm all right i'm not gonna kill their joy um but and there are sometimes that they were talking about like miss miss jones how do i how do i get um nuclear weapons and i'm like where where are you where like what are you playing who's your game master and and i was like well why don't we just what time period are you guys in and like I'm trying to like, do you have a wizard or uh, a any 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 you know spell person that does magic? And they're like, no. The game master is like, why are you telling? Why are you letting them do that? Why are you giving them ideas? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so, don't give them ideas. All right. So, um, I mean, I yeah. I feel like it's good to help. Uh, with the history, like, it, you know, it's sort of teaching the, a little history of like, where do we get these? Well, are you in the 1940s yet? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, but I also, um, I also don't want to kill their joy. So if that, if they want to sit there and talk about where do I get nuclear weapons in this medieval time? Fine. So be it. But um, you need to really clear that with your game master. And they're like walking over and asking him questions. <laughs> yeah, I've got a strict no no PvP and no war crimes rule in the kingpin that I run uh, for the most part. So, you know, it, fortunately right now, most of my groups are like more excited to like 
they they give they give the monsters gold and the monsters are nice to them like there's an entire level of one of these dungeons that anytime a kobold sees these party members they're like oh these guys are cool they, they give you gold and they've just like absolutely got the run of one of these levels of this ancient prison because the kobolds all like them but yeah occasionally a kid will be like yeah i want to torture this guy and i'm like yeah that might be cool but not in my game yeah. Um, so I do, I do crush their fun a little bit, sadly, yeah. when they start doing kind of weird things, but I really appreciate your approach. That's pretty cool. Um, I, well, I mean, I haven't, all of the games that I've listened to and been a part of, and it's probably been about, I don't know, a good, a good many, um, they haven't really, usually it's just a bunch of kids just having a good time, like, learning their weapons, learning their spells, trying to line things up, trying to figure out how they're going to do their character's accent. It's all those different elements that they, you know, those are the, that's the nitty gritty right there that they're more worried about versus like, how am I going to blow this thing up? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it sounds like it's, I mean, I know I sort of alluded to this a little bit, but it sounds like it's majority Dungeons and Dragons. Is that, are they, are, are they all rebelling at this point or is it, is, is it come back around? You know, I know with the kerfuffle over the last couple of weeks. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, all ours are, all ours are, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I do, I do in my class try to use gamification for things um and that includes we have a, a block where it's like a homeroom and i'll play um other non kind of rpg games with them which is very bonding um brings up a lot of community and uh yeah i think that's i think that's the biggest part that draws them in is hey she likes to have fun and she's a math teacher Mm. <laughs> it's a very unusual situation for them yeah <laughs> yeah we're running mostly dungeons and dragons um because i just kind of feel like that's what the kids like sign up for right they, they saw stranger things or whatever and they want to play like the brand name dungeons and dragons but i bring uh but i bring in a lot of uh storytelling game aspects and i bring in a little bit like the osr where like if they're like oh, we try this really cool plan. And if I'm like, oh, that plan sounds like it would just work. They're like, do I have to roll for it? It's like, no, that plan works. You, you came up with a cool idea. You did a problem. You did some problem solving. You don't need to roll your deception. You just gave that kobold 10 gold. He's going to do whatever you want. That's more money than he will ever make. Like, I don't have to roll a persuasion? No. <laughs> well, wait till they figure out that because they can just pay off the monsters that then they will have the Legion of Monsters like attack another level of the dungeon or some shit. So I, I would be prepared for that. Because <laughs> like, somebody's going to figure out, wait, I can employ these guys instead of just paying them off. Like, <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's some problem solving. Yeah. yeah well, I, I hope that they get there because that's also kind of the best. So... They did just massacre a, there's a brigands encampment and they're like, oh, those guys are going to steal from us. So we'll get them first. So they did a little bit of war crimes on those guys. But the last guy that was left behind, they decided to name, uh, name Bart and they've, they're, they're taking him around. He's going to, he's going to check for traps for them and, and do stuff. 
And they're like, well, we'll pay again. They're like, we'll pay you 10 gold a day. And he's like, again, that's more money than I was making as a, as a thief a moment ago. So let's go. And yeah, so there's like pets. That's, yeah, that's, that's more money than uh, he would make in uh, six months <laughs> easily. It's just even stealing along the road, I'm sure. Unless but something really nice can along. Yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping in. Go but, for it. Uh, how many like what is the ratio to like beginners true beginners that have no idea what they're doing coming into your all's clubs or like how many of them are coming in with that experience what's kind of the breakdown there um i would have to say that there are a lot of there i would have to say that at least 50 percent of the group have not played and what's great about that is they're one they're not alone they have each other to like go through the process um and the, these these you know more experienced players are so ready to share this part of their their joy with them how to create a character what should i be doing what's best about this type of race and what's best about this type of like it, it's just so great to sit there and watch it all kind of, and like I, I went through and I um, made photocopies of character sheet blank character sheets for them and they sit and they bring it and you know I, I have like this it's, it's very similar to that book you shared with me where it's like these are the questions you should ask about when you build your character and where are they from and what's their name or, or anything like that. And, and what is input, what is, you know, what's important to your character. And, um, it's that bleed. It's, it's a little bit of bleed. I think they, they, it's, it's how they view themselves sometimes and them having a chance to be a little, you know, make believe. Um, I had, um, one game, it was this like last couple of weeks, um, where we had a, a, dungeon uh, master actually was doing a lot of accents and he has a um a slight speech issue and i just noticed that it goes away it goes away once he's in character and it's just so wonderful to watch that um just melt and he just just relishes his 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 group and his his little game, eh, not his little game, but his game that he's playing with his friends. What what book was that, Kayla? Oh lord, oh. it's um, it's on like building a character background. Yeah. I will get you the link of what the book is All so right. that you can link it. Yeah, I'll I'll mm -hmm. link the book. Um, has there been any uh other instance? I mean, that sounds really amazing that. It, you know, just practicing accents has really helped that uh, that person uh, get fixed their or, or help them with their speech impediment, as mm -hmm. I think I'm much better at not stuttering as well, because I spent a lot of time talking to other people and recording a show. But uh, is there any been any other instances like that where you've, you've seen great improvements uh, from the students? Um. I think well for actually one of my one of my students, um, they were it, it, even if it's just how they are with other 
how they interact in the classroom. Like, um, they joined recently and at the beginning of the year, and they're actually one of my actual class students, um, and they joined, and they were very quiet and very, and then I started showing up to the things that they were participating in. Like, they were part of the play, and they were part of these different things, and you show interest in them, like, hey, have you considered joining D&D? And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I've never played it before. I'm like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can come, and we'll find you a group. And now they're actively asking and participating in class they see that they have a unit of friends that's not only in their classroom but like in different aspects of the in different aspects of the school like you have these cross grade level connections now because it's mo it's mainly like ninth graders with ninth graders and 10th graders with 10th graders now you have you know seniors playing with freshmen what that's crazy but they had a blast doing it so i think that's the biggest thing the biggest draw for a lot of the kids yeah i definitely for in, in my school i see a lot of confidence building with it and um probably the best thing has happened is had kids email me like in college like they'd be like hey you know uh, i'm having a really good time in college and because of the game that we, we played together, I was able to reach out to new people at college, like, you know, my first couple of weeks. And now I've got this great group of friends that I'm, you know, playing, playing with on a regular basis. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a particularly like amazing story, but there's definitely a lot of kids that gain a lot of confidence and community building mm -hmm. as a result of being a part of games. Yeah. I mean, that's D uh, role playing games are a great icebreaker. Uh, if people are into it also, you're, you're, you're a humble host here would definitely you definitely would not hear me talk as much if i didn't start playing role-playing games now i can't shut up so it's a upside and downside but you know uh <laughs> well and i will say um it's been really fun for me so um for those of you that haven't listened in the past or don't know i i run D, &D for therapy and um so i've been kind of like tracking self-esteem from from start of group to end of group and it's been really cool to watch their self-esteem scores go up by like 25, 30%, 38%. I'm like, geez, this is making a big impact for them. Yeah, a lot, a lot of just self-esteem is, is, is just super valuable to even get, have some. <laughs> when you have none, it's very difficult. I, I, I know that quite well. And it, but... and it has to do with all that, that connection those connections that they're making um, and knowing that they have this set time, set place to make these connections when their schedule might be less predictable. Um, and I think that's, I think that's what kids do look for, regardless of like rigidity of, of a, a schedule, they want to know that something's routine and they, when, you know, when are they going to have that game and when are they i can't do it this week but when can i see you next type of so those are i think the strong things that they're learning and i don't know like what you guys have noticed in your groups but i did notice like the kids that i see in groups playing are like really good at making space and mm -hmm. listening to each other and i even had a parent 
like comment on this recently that they were like, yeah, I was just sitting outside and I could hear like some of the louder kids that are really dominant in this space, just like quieting down and softening down their tone to be able to hear the quieter kids and like making space in that environment for them. And I think that really helps Mm -hmm. to like build in some self-esteem and build in some confidence. Like, okay, these people want to hear what I have to say, even though I'm this like quiet person, they're still willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's, this, this is all amazing and inspirational. Um, Is there any kind of like, uh, Mike, is there any kind of like things that people, if they're interested in uh, other teachers that might listen to this or would see, you know, as roadblocks or anything that, you know, lessons learned, as it were, (laughs) from my corporate speak um, from running these things? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's important probably to have some of the, your administration on your side of, about doing it. I think uh, what Leanne was saying with having it be student uh, student focused and student like led, I think that's incredibly that's incredibly valuable. Um, that wasn't our case, but uh, like having students be the ones to advocate and push for something, I think that's incredibly important to show administration and like the community at large that this is something that you know, your kids want, your kids want to be a part of and have mm-hmm. in your group. I mean, I've obviously just, uh, you know, I would say probably in, in, encourage people to be PG-13 or lower uh, mm-hmm. to avoid, you know, oh, this is what my daughter or my son or, or uh, whatnot had, uh, you know, uh, their experience in, at game and then get a big scandal or something going. But uh, for the most part, I think that uh, in this climate, it's pretty easy. Uh, Leanne? Um, yeah, I would just, I think, um, a lot of it had to do with letting the pair, especially like, um, at parent teacher night, uh, or back to school night, letting them know that, Hey, I'm, I, I play this game. I'm really interested in, um, uh, not only Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm really interested in, um, board games and I'm really interested in, well, I really love math. Um, <laughs> um, and like, enjoy, I enjoy all these things. And I really would love to get your child into the class too, to see how they interact with this. So if you think they're interested or you have experience with it, please let me know. Um, it, you know, I do a lot of, um, I had one, yeah, that one, one uh, parent say, you know, I really love a game. I'd really love to have a weekly game, but I don't even know where to begin with that. And I'm like, well, it's a lot easier than you think it might be. But, you know, um, it's just push me having the determination to push it through. And thankfully, this student uh, was very determined and had we had a just a giant. She had a, a lot of interest. They had a lot of interest. Well, that's. This is all super amazing. Uh, uh, Kayla, do you have any other questions? I'm, I'm kind of good right at the moment. I figure we get wrap-up thoughts. but um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, I, I'm truly, this is truly inspiring. Like, I love uh, when people, it, basically, it sort of echoes my own backstory. So I've always, I always like that where I, you know, get tapped on the shoulder and I learn that I can ha- make friends through playing pretend and uh, rolling some dice together. So oh, it's, 
pretend with probabilities and statistics. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah. math, math teacher. Math I, I, <laughs> it's, you know, you no, can learn pretend, some... Go ahead. It's pretend with, it's pretend with uh, global politics and mm. history and economics, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretend with all the subjects. Like, mm-hmm. all the subjects can be covered in while playing role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing is it gets the students to think outside the box a lot. And that's what we're trying to get them to do is do that critical thinking. Even in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Flexible and critical thinking. Yeah. Great wins. Yeah. Great. Uh, Mike, do you have any, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Um, yeah, just uh, thanks for giving me this opportunity to talk about this, and uh, you know, thanks to uh, all the teachers out there that are doing this in their mm-hmm. in their schools and giving kids an outlet uh, to uh, you know do something a little bit different with their school time and find another way uh, to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, if you uh, are a teacher, like, and you uh, would like, just reach out to me. I might uh, send some things your way. So just. Just know that uh, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, and uh, uh, just bring it, bring it. You're bringing it, so I would like to bring it to you. So, uh, thank you very much, uh, both of you. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming on and and your your precious, precious free time. As little as teachers actually have, uh, <laughs> you are underpaid almost assuredly. Uh, you should be paid more. And uh, I really appreciate uh, all that because without literacy, we'd all be running around uh, trying to figure out how rocks fit together again. So, uh, but I, I really appreciate all you do. And I really appreciate also the patrons for supporting the show and uh, full metal RPG, full RPG uh, is, uh, you know, an engine that's powered by, uh, their support, whatever it is. Um, and I, I, uh, I love seeing it and, uh, I really, uh, like to thank you all. Uh, obviously, you know, you buy t-shirts, not the old school one I'm wearing today, but, uh, on our merch store and, uh, just check out the links in the description. So thank you very much, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Ah. Oh.